Good morning, everyone. Christina Banfield here, welcoming you back to Reframe Anxiety, Boost Your Sanity. I started this event because of my overall curiosity of, yes, learning about how to manage our stressors that we have, but more than anything, I want to learn how to peel back all the layers of connecting with ourselves. I believe that it's part of our human experience to learn how to connect with ourselves so we can have the momentum we want to have for our lives. Your journey of propelling your momentum continues today as we explore the flow of consciousness and learn how to connect with alignment that brings that sense of vitality. Today, we're exploring the use of flow of consciousness with Jackie and Justin. Jackie and Justin have been key thought leaders and speakers in the space of consciousness, AKA, transforming lives by blending science and spirituality. So I brought Jackie and Justin on today because I believe part of knowing yourself is learning how to hear and listen to your intuition, but it does take a little work to get there. So Jackie and Justin will be sharing their insights of how we can develop a sense of connection to not only our consciousness, but our lives as well. So welcome, Jackie and Justin. Thank you for joining us today. And let's just jump on in. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for having us. Yeah, good to be here. Yeah. Uh, so if if you guys have anything to add about yourselves, please feel free to jump in. Other And then we could just go ahead and explain what consciousness even is and flow and what that, that might look like for all of us. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, it all kind of what, what we do and, um, you know, our backgrounds kind of rolls right into what flow consciousness is, because a lot of people haven't quite heard those two things paired together in quite the way that that we, uh, you know, we, we present it. So we are the co-founders of the Flow Consciousness Institute, which we started in uh, early 2016 to bring this body of work, flow consciousness out to the world. And it's, you know, a very powerful way of living that is really an accelerated path to uh, expanding into your full potential and to really living in peak states of consciousness, of health, wealth, happiness, um, inner peace, uh, and so on. And it's a whole methodology that, that contains a lot of different things from the inside and uh, external things that you do as well that allows you to live in this, this heightened state of consciousness and this heightened state of reality and, and experience all the benefits that come with that. Yeah, and we've shared it all over the world for the last five years. We've taught in 17 countries. We have students in 50 now. And, you know, every every one of our students is saying that these are the tools that are helping them to thrive in uncertainty and deal with these uncharted waters that we're all facing right now. And it flow, as most people know it, is this temporary state of peak performance or being in the zone where you lose track of time and have this heightened creativity. And, and most people have had some experience of that. And that moment is fleeting because flow states by their very nature are temporary. Whereas flow consciousness is, is more a, a stage of psycho-spiritual development that you get to live in at all times and it becomes your, your default way of being. And so there is some similarity and overlap. It's a, a continuum. And when you're living in flow consciousness, you have a lot more access to those flow states and peak experiences, 
but it, it becomes your, your natural way of being. So you're stripping away all of the programming and conditioning that keeps you from operating at your, your peak potential. And so you just tap into that place and live from it at all times. Yeah, I love hearing that because, well, especially knowing that you've done international work together and you're touching the human experience with all logs of life, no matter what their background is, and to awaken that potential with, within all of with various backgrounds. And I think that really just shows that the, the human of it that we all relatively function the same biologically. And so it makes it a little bit easier to peel back those layers of connecting with yourself and the consciousness aspect that your work does. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at, at the most fundamental layers, we are, are, are our psyches, um, our bodies, our intuition, all functions in the same way. And so that's really the key to, you know, understanding um, these things and, and and really the basis of what we do and, and how we develop like a lot of our systems is we try, we, we dive really deep into the research and, you know, and, and the different philosophies and psychologies around, you know, how, uh, how we actually work. And then from there, we can create, uh, you know, different processes for people to shift out of whatever's not really serving them. Yeah. And we, we've come up with the first principles that are universal. And so they apply uniformly to anyone, regardless of their, their background, their circumstances. And that's why, you know, we, we've got students from Azerbaijan to uh, Zimbabwe and, and, and the, the principles apply across the board. Excellent. So I'm curious about those principles, right? And and what do those principles look like in instilling into people's lives and applying them? Yeah, so I mean, you know, there there's seven different principles that we have at this point, and um, and really, you know, there the, on a more meta perspective, you know, there's what we call inner flow and outer flow, and. Um, outer flow has to do with everything going on out in the world, like how you're making decisions, what you're doing with your life, what actions you're taking, um, what tools you're using to navigate reality. And inner flow is really about, you know, kind of the domain of, of, um, of this uh, summit, which is really, you know, reprogramming ourselves to be in a space of emotional freedom, deep inner peace, and, and really expanded states of consciousness. Um, that, that lock us into flow at all times. So it has much more to do with what's going on internally inside our mind, inside our body, our emotions, our thoughts, beliefs, our, our, our felt experience. And, um, and so, you know, there's different things that you do in each of those domains, inner flow and outer flow to optimize for the most peak experience of, of being alive that you can have. Yeah, absolutely. It just, it show, <clears throat> excuse me, it shows the um, integration of both of them working and feeding each other, right? Mm -hmm. And so if someone is doing the work of the internal flow or recognizing how the internal flow is functioning, but also the external flow, um, what's that process of helping people do that work? And I'm sure there's various steps that you guys have provided for others, but what would be some little tips of how to navigate yeah, I would say that the essence of it is the understanding that 
you are creating your experience of reality. And so you get to use your life as a feedback mechanism to show you any places that you're out of alignment or where you have these limiting beliefs or emotional patterns that are operating in your subconscious or beneath the surface that you may not even be aware of that are influencing your emotional state and influencing your your thoughts and then your decisions and, and ultimately the results that you get in life. And so when you start to look at your life and see the experiences that you're having that may not be the desired experiences, you get to pick it apart and, and really dig up and find what's at the root of that, what's creating that experience, what is this distorted worldview, perception, judgment, uh, assumption that's underlying that's creating an obstacle to having what you want? Yeah, I would say too that, you know, most people have an experience or in particular in, in the context of the summit, like an uncomfortable experience with anxiety um, or they're feeling stressed out about something. Maybe they're feeling angry or frustrated or hopeless or disappointed in themselves or somebody or something. And when most people feel that, what they tend to do is try and escape that feeling because it doesn't feel good. You know, these things don't feel good and, and we're not really taught tools on how to deal with them properly. So most people just try and figure out how to manage it. Maybe they try and distract themselves or maybe they cover it up by drinking a little bit of alcohol or maybe they tune out by watching TV or maybe it's something more constructive. Maybe they meditate or something like that. But the point is, is that how most people deal with these with these things is they just try and distract themselves from them in some way or kind of get back to center. But the key is to really not not do that actually and to instead dive in straight towards them and to and to really ask yourself where are they coming from? Like why are you feeling that? Why are you feeling anxious or whatever it is in this moment? Um, and and really bring it down to the root cause because a lot of times what you're feeling on the surface is caused by some limiting belief or something that happened to you when you were really young or you know that you learned culturally that is actually creating that anxiety and by by examining what's at the root you can start to make shifts and changes there and then the anxiety will oftentimes go away and so you know that's that's one of the tips that people can start to play with. this is one of like the first steps but also a very 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 powerful way of orienting towards um, flow and inner work and, and working through difficult emotions is that we don't want to work at the surface level we really want to go down to the root cause like jackie was saying and figure out what's there and then when we shift that everything else naturally takes its place and the anxiety will transform into something much more constructive yeah, and as as someone who is diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder in the past, my uh, my life was characterized by this undercurrent of of low grade anxiety that I didn't even necessarily know was there, but was creating a lot of um, stress in my life, illness, fatigue, all of these different uh, physiological experience that I was having, ultimately burnout and. It, it, there were so many underlying root causes and, you know, these distorted beliefs and perceptions and, you know, the, the root belief that I, I wasn't, I wasn't good enough. I wasn't going to be lovable unless I was perfect. And, you know, so once I started looking under the hood and finding all of those ways that I saw, like, you know, like Justin was saying, you know, the ways that I was masking those uncomfortable feelings of being unworthy or unlovable or not good enough, you know, for me, it, it was by 
overworking, uh, going to the gym too much, you know, perfectionist overachieving, all of that um, was because I, I didn't know how to feel. I didn't know how to feel my feelings. I didn't know how to be with them. They were scary and uncomfortable and I wasn't taught. I didn't have tools. And so it was easier to numb out and not be with them. And, you know, over the, the course of my life, I've had the, the gift of working with so many supportive coaches and healers and therapists that helped me to see these different patterns and, and what those beliefs and underlying perceptions were that I got to shift them and, and came across these mindset shifts that radically changed everything. And, and so that's really the work that we do is looking at you know, our society has this backwards way of doing things. It's like, oh, you have anxiety here, take this medication, pop these pills, you know, do all of these other things rather than, you know, that's like slapping a Band-Aid on it rather than looking at actually what's beneath it, what's creating that and how do we actually solve for that? So then it, it's not your experience anymore. People define themselves by it. I'm anxious, you know, I'm depressed. And it's really... A, a temporary state, like all of our emotional states are meant to move through us and pass by like clouds in the sky. But when we get identified with it as, as part of who we are, it's a part of our identity, it makes it harder to change. So would you see, <clears throat> would you see that playing into the role of feeding those limiting beliefs as well? If you're, if you're identifying with a label that someone puts on you, um, yeah. And, and I'm just thinking too, if you guys can expand on what a limiting belief really looks like and how, what, what creates them. So we can become familiar of like, okay, if that created a limiting belief, what creates a belief that is limitless? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, a limiting belief is it's, it's actually one of those phrases that is pretty self-descriptive, you know, it's anything okay. It's any perception or thought that you have or idea that you have that you hold too strongly that in some way limits your experience. And when we say limiting belief, I mean, you know, some, I suppose you could say that some limits are, are probably neutral, you know, like um, probably a good idea not to go run and jump off a cliff. So thinking that you might fall off a cliff is probably, if you get too close to the edge of a tall building is probably a helpful limiting belief. But but those are pretty rare. And in most cases, um, limiting beliefs and the kinds that we're really concerned with are the ones that do have significant limits, create significant limitations and impacts on our life, what we call like a glass ceiling. You know, for example, um, that I have to work hard to be successful or, um, you know, I'm not worthy of love or I can't trust myself or other people are unsafe. These are all examples of limiting beliefs. And so, you know, when we have these, it, it limits our ability to do what we need to do to be fulfilled, to have, you know, a, a, a relationship that's nourishing to us, to have a career that's impactful for us, to, to be able to do our work in the world and support ourselves and thrive. And so, um, so limiting beliefs, we really want to identify them because they're almost unequivocally false. And like you were saying, there's, you know, positive beliefs that we can replace them with. And these positive beliefs, we what we help people do is to formulate them in such a way that it allows them to have the widest possible positive experience. And then that way, um, you know, by having that belief embedded deeply in their consciousness, it opens up that world for them 
and that experience for them based on what Jackie was saying before about the cascade of things of how they flow in the psyche. Yeah. And to answer your question about where do they come from, things like Justin mentioned, you have to work hard to be successful or, you know, things like these cultural memes, money doesn't grow on trees, these sayings that we we hear all the time, all men are dogs or, you know, what, whatever it is, there's so many cultural memes that we throw around and don't realize are, are programming our subconscious. And, you know, we, we come into the world inheriting a lot of these patterns epigenetically that we we were passed on from our ancestors and if they experience something like a famine a depression a genocide a war any of these experiences are are imprinting our dna with some of these these fears and 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 imprints but then when we're children we're basically like sponges and so we're learning everything so quickly, but we don't have the cognition to accurately understand the world. We're interpreting the world through our emotions. So from birth to seven, we're imprinted with all of these beliefs and perceptions about ourselves, about others, about the world. We get them from media, culture, society, our religion, through our, you know, things our school teachers say and um, you know, the authority figures that come into our lives and, and then throughout our own life experiences. And so we're constantly taking on this programming. And unless we start to work to excavate it, it's often subconsciously running the show. So that's really where um, we teach people to first bring awareness that all of this is even existing there because, you know, it's something that people don't really think about because our conscious mind is only, you know, a tiny percentage of what's actually going on. Uh, whereas all of these beliefs that are stored are like, you know, running beneath the surface and we're not even aware of it. Yeah. And I think that's a great reminder that <clears throat> in order to start shifting our belief system, having that awareness component of what's influencing my belief system, whether it was in the past or currently and all those different avenues that are feeding that energy. Um, yeah, I, I find that so fascinating because so those things also shift in our lives, right? All those influences and it could either make us or break us, but ultimately we have the power to decide if it's going to make us or break us, if our mindset around it is healthy of learning how to shift. Um, and that's what I'm trying to bring those tools to everyone here is, okay, well, when I can recognize I'm in this state of mind, how can I shift and like really attach to a momentum that's healthy for myself? Um, yeah. So I guess another question would be, well, if we're, we're peeling back these layers of the belief system, that's going to grow our consciousness, right? And what's another layer of connecting with our consciousness? Yeah. Uh, so, you know, beliefs are, are one layer. Um, also, and, and this, we've been talking about this a little bit, but, you know, our, our emotions are another layer, right? And this has to do with... Uh, with everything that we're feeling really in particular. Um, and emotions are created by our beliefs interacting with our experiences. You know, our beliefs basically give us an interpretation of what's happening and then that creates our emotional state. You know, an example we often use, if you believe the world's a safe place, then 
you know, you're generally happy and calm and you can travel and, you know, you feel good. And if you believe that the world's a dangerous place, you're going to be more stressed out and less trusting. And so you can kind of see in a simple way how our beliefs color our experience and generate our emotion. And emotions are also a really powerful determinant of our consciousness. Emotions and beliefs are kind of like the, the, the foundational elements that determine where we're at psychologically in our stage development. And our stage development is really, you know, our, our kind of overall worldview and perception of ourselves and reality as a whole. And that, you know, in most, in most psychological traditions and schools, you know, that really determines like a level of consciousness, if you can say that. Um, also throw one more thing on the table too, which is, you know, based on those deeper two things, our beliefs and our emotions, you know, how we're making our decisions as well um, is, has a big influence on our life. And, um, you know, how we make decisions is often based on our, our beliefs and our emotions, but, you know, it's it, those beliefs and emotions are very simple tools. Um, whereas uh, intuition, as, as you mentioned at the beginning, is, is, is much more complex and takes into account a lot of different things. It, it reads our beliefs and our emotions and it reads what's going on outside of us and in the world around us and what other people are doing. And then that helps to, to spit out um, you know, what we should be doing and gives us insight on different things. And, and, I think, and I think that we think as well is that intuition is also a really important part of like expanding into the full range of your consciousness and what's possible there. Yeah. yeah. And just a, a note on emotions. Again, our, our emotions, it, it's totally normal and natural to experience them, but they're meant to move through us. If you look at a, a toddler, you know, I, I've nephews and they cycle through emotions so quickly. One minute they're laughing hysterically, then, you know, one, one of them screaming and angry and crying and they move through them really quickly. And, you know, that's what we're meant to do as adults too, but we often get stuck in them and we get stuck in those thought loops. And so when we start to use those experiences and again, look for what's beneath it, so rather than when we get triggered and, and feel uncomfortable emotions going and, and running to distract yourself, sitting with it and getting curious, what is this stirring up inside me, being with the sensations in the body and asking questions like, what am I making this experience mean about me? And what must I believe in order to be having this emotional reaction? Starting to question it to see what's beneath it. Because so often when we're in relationship or you know, dealing with other people, someone will do something and we'll have a, a quick reaction to something that may not be based on everything that happened just then, but it's connected to all the other unresolved emotional patterns that were similar to that. And then we get reactive and then there's conflict. Whereas if we start to work with these different emotions, it gives us the space to pause and we get to respond to life and rather than being so reactive. And then generally you have a much more peaceful experience. Mm. Yeah, all of that I, I'm definitely resonating with because <clears throat> I, I mentioned that a lot to my clients within the healthy habits of how do you start responding to your life rather than reacting in order to create the routines you want that bring a little bit more of that vitality feeling. And um, yeah, and, and I love how you mentioned too, Justin, about 
emotion and the belief system feeding into the sense of intuition. And I'd be curious too, how you both define intuition or how you would explain that feeling of intuition coming in so we can become a little bit more tuned with, with feeling it. Yeah. 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 Good question. So, you know, in, in our, in my mind, intuition is, you know, akin to a sixth sense or really, um, you know, a, a different level of our consciousness than most people are used to operating with or a different level of our psyche. Um, so just like we have our conscious mind and our subconscious mind, our intuition could be likened to our super conscious mind. So it's, it's a piece of us, but it operates in a slightly different way than our mind. Uh, our mind classically does as we think of it. And it gives us access to um, a much wider set of data than is then we're limited to with our minds with you know our minds can think about other things but they're really in the domain of our consciousness intuition is that part of our mind that is interacting with our consciousness but also scanning out into the world out to the field and and interacting with external reality substantially and then that gives us information that we can then use to make better decisions and to stay in flow and in particular you know we like to make a distinction distinction between uh, intuition and, or feeling and emotion, um, because a lot of times these things get commingled, and people confuse emotion for intuition and vice versa, and then you get into problems because they're not actually quite the same thing. And so, you know, it's really important to to start differentiating between those because the more you do, the more you can actually follow your intuition, and intuition is actually helpful for resolving the root causes of anxiety and limiting beliefs. It has a secondary effect of, of leading you towards experiences that will do that. Mm. It's like a full cycle then. They're all intertwined, feeding one another to become more aware of one another in order for you to actually grow and do the consciousness work. Absolutely. And the less emotional clutter you have in your nervous system, the easier it is to tap into your intuition because your intuition is purely a sensation. It's a, a subtle energetic in your body or around your body in your field. And so being able to attune to it takes some, some practice. We're largely conditioned in our society to think things through and strategize and rationalize. And there's certainly a place for that. But this gift that we have of our intuition, as Justin said, it, it's really allowing us to, to read so much more data. But if we have a lot of noise in our system, it makes it harder to tap into. And that's when we have the experience of, oh, is it is it fear that I'm feeling? Is it resistance or is it intuition? And I, I can't really tell. So what we do is we train people to uh, determine what is pure intuition and what are these different emotional experiences. Mm. Light bulb just went off there when I, <laughs> I'm like, yes, the just really distinguishing the different uh, sensations that might come into your body versus intuition or um, the emotions is such a powerful, powerful tool. And I can only imagine, and I'm actually in your course, so I'm looking forward to peeling those layers back for myself even more. Um, and as we're talking about intuition, I'm also thinking about, okay, oftentimes we associate intuition being part of spirituality 
And I would be curious to know, hear your view on that as well. And are they intertwined? How do you see them intertwined? And you're also mending science and spirituality. How do those play into each other? And how are you, uh, how are you both sharing that in your work? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, intuition kind of is, is beyond categorization. categorization. <laughs> categorization there we go <laughs> to to some degree and um and it, and it it's also crosses boundaries too so yeah i mean on a lot of people see intuition as a spiritual phenomenon and that you know it's the domain of the mystical and mysterious like young uh saw intuition as you know um this this non beyond rational aspect of ourselves that gave us access to you know higher domains of reality and I believe that that's true. And intuition's also been said to be just the you know machinations of our subconscious mind, and it's just associative processing, and it's our mind trying to guess at things that we don't know about yet without you know the full data. And then there's another branch that says that intuition's this quantum phenomenon, and it's uh, you know this this aspect of of ourselves of our consciousness that allows us to you know have access to uh, the, the quantum realms and all the information that's stored there. And so I think all three of them are true. And I think it just depends on the type of intuition that you're accessing in the moment, but all three of those have great value, um, you know, in helping you to navigate reality successfully. We particularly are most interested in the one, you know, the more kind of mystical, spiritual and quantum domains than just pure subconscious guessing. Um, but they all have, they all have their place. And, you know, when, when we get real, and, that, and I think this is where science and spirituality start to bridge, is we understand that what may have been once seen as mystical is actually quantum, and was what what you know what's and and what what's quantum may actually be mystical starts to become really interesting. And there's just so much. I, I think the fascination with intuition for us is that all the research and our our experience and the experience of our students and many of the greatest minds and and philosophers and most successful people on the planet just all are like intuitions the key <laughs> you know and um and so people that use it consistently just get so much better results in their life yeah i would say you know the thing is um most people aren't using it because well one they they don't know how to tap into it or uh they've forgotten Two, it's it's nonlinear, so it often doesn't make sense, and may tell you to do something that feels uncomfortable, or you know, just feels highly illogical or irrational. And and so, for people to actually lean into that and make decisions from that place is really a stretch for a lot of people. But that's really what makes the difference between your your average person and a highly successful person is they're willing to take those risks and, and lean into that edge and, and learn to trust it. And, um, you know, again, the, the more inner work you do, the more you're able to access these more quantum mystical levels of, of intuition, as opposed to just, you know, these learned associative ones that you've, um, you know, say you, you got hit by a car or something as a, a child, and then you have all this hyper awareness around, you know, signs of danger. Um, you know, as you you heal more, you open up access to to higher levels of intuition. Yeah, I, 
I, that's awesome. I'm like wrapping my brain around it. And um, knowing that intuition is defined on various levels, I think that is also something to take into account for ourselves is, okay, how am I looking at intuition in this moment? And how am I processing, processing the, what's in front of me through whichever way I'm utilizing intuition, um, which is fantastic that you guys are also exploring that with your clients. Um, I remember seeing something, Justin, that you were, you, you're coming out with the, your, your research book, right? Or you're, you're releasing a book with research about consciousness or quantum. Yeah, um, a, a paper about intuition you know, that really kind of goes into this among other things and, and and breaks it down in a way that it, I don't think it really has been yet. You know, I think part of what you were saying just previously is that, and what Jackie was saying is that, you know, we're taught that, intu that intuition is really inferior and that, you know, the smartest people in the world are hyper-rational logical and that, and this, and the science has shown that intuition is irrational and all these different things. And so people just kind of learn to disconnect from that. Plus, like we talked about before, right? Feelings are uncomfortable for most people because they don't know how to deal with them. And sometimes, you know, intuition can get lumped in with that and people just cut themselves off from that world. And so it's just kind of, it's just kind of gotten uh, a bad rap in a lot of circles and, you know, the emotional space is confusing. And, and, and so, you know, I think that it's really time to, to put intuition back on center stage as, as an important thing that we need to, to really consider. And it's a big part of our work here is teaching people how to become masterful of intuition on a lot of different levels, way beyond just making decisions, but really using it to do things in the realm of like superhuman capacity. They give people the ability to have, you know, really huge quantum leaps in their lives and their happiness and their success and so on. It, it can absolutely does that and does it consistently for those who get good at it. Right, you're restoring the value of intuition into our lives. But yeah. that's what I'm hearing. And it's, it's totally great because I believe, yeah, in our leadership, especially all over the world, we're forgetting to use our intuition as well. Well, uh, and if, you, if you think about it, it, it's really what drives innovation because if we're only operating from what we know and what we've experienced, that's really limiting what we believe is possible. And so, so much of innovation is thinking beyond the limits and the bounds of what we know to be true, believable, possible. And um, so we really need to access those intuitive gifts to really stretch us beyond what we, uh, you know, in the realm of, of what's possible for us. And we all have this gift. This is not limited to psychics and mystics. And this is something that we're all innately born with and, and we can access. So it, it's, it's such a, a potent superpower that we can, we can all, we can all tap into. Yeah, absolutely. And so to bring this full circle, <clears throat> how do you see intuition being a, a major avenue for people to navigate their anxiety and stress that they may be having? Yeah, I mean, it can be helpful in a lot of different domains. Like one, your intuition can help you pinpoint the source of your anxiety. It's actually a very helpful tool when you're 
um, asking yourself questions like we like Jackie was saying before, trying to probe to the depths of your mind and, and get at the root of these things is very helpful to be able to put two and two together and to to navigate that space. Um, it also has the the secondary effect of as you make more and more decisions from your intuition, you get more into flow and flow is the path of really your highest good. You know, it's there's a, there's a lot of research to show that it's it's really leading people to be in the most harmony with themselves, with the collective, with all life, all things on all levels. And so, you know, the ideal state for the human body to be in is not is not an anxious state. It's to be in a state of, you know, inner peace and, and tranquility and happiness and joy. And so intuition naturally is tuned to lead you to have the experiences you need so that you ultimately end up in those states whether that's being working with the healer or having some cathartic experience in your life or, um, you know, just being at the right place at the right time for a needed resource to show up or whatever it is. So it's very, it's very helpful in that regard too. Yeah. When you're, when you're living in anxiety or living in this uh, fear of all of these imagined possibilities. So it's really using your imagination in a, a really inefficient, ineffective way. Um, it's it's contracting. So being in that in that fear is very contracting and limiting. Whereas when you're operating from intuition, it is guiding you to the highest path and the the greatest expansion. And so it it's just a, such a a more um, open, joyous, peaceful, pleasurable way of living. Yeah, it sounds like it's full of opportunity, and and synergy really, um, which who doesn't want that? <laughs> oh, excellent. Well, thank you both for sharing all your, your insights. I, I feel like that was all very helpful and I hope everyone listening also finds it helpful and at least has a starting point of where to, where to kind of tap into. And, um, Jackie and Justin also have a free gift for you all, which is on the page. So make sure you click on the button. Um, Jackie, Justin, would you guys like to share what your free gift is all about with the um, anxiety and release? Yeah, so we put together a training, um, a free training at the beginning of uh, last year, but it's still perfectly relevant to today because if anything, many of those, many of the things that were happening then have only have intensified. So it's, it's a, a really great, to our deep dive into flow and particularly uh, we teach it we teach a practice at the end for um working through fear and releasing anxiety um you know it's it's a an entry-level version of something more powerful that we teach in some of our advanced trainings but it's it's incredible and people on the training were letting go of things that they've had for years and just a couple minutes so yeah it's a way to powerfully regulate your nervous system in the moment so in the moment you're experiencing a trigger or an activated emotional state that you don't necessarily want to be in, you can use this tool to instantaneously experience relief. Mm. Instant gratification through a little tool. Uh, (laughs) We are in that generation. So I, and not just that, but right now we're all strapped for time or we all feel like we're strapped for time just on our um, perception of reality and if it's a quick quick tool that we can apply in our day-to-day, it's the most helpful. So we can start implementing it into our habits and routines and be a little bit more mindful of where we're going day-to-day. 
Well, again, too, it's it's that the more adept we become at neutralizing our emotional state in the moment and giving us that pause to respond, there's so much less conflict because you're not reacting to everything in life. Absolutely. Developing your response system. <laughs> um, okay. So last question I, I love to ask is what inspires you, whether it's your everyday life or within your work? You're looking at me first. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've, I've been super inspired by, by nature and just having moments of awe and reverence for the incredible beauty in the world around us. And just, you know, the fact that I don't have to tell my nails to grow and my hair to grow and my heart to beat and, and just, uh, I'm, I'm a crazy plant lady and, you know, the, the sheer joy Justin can attest to this that I get when my plants get new leaves and things like that. It, it's just being present to the miracles that are all around us. Yeah. And, and I'm particularly inspired by inspiration. It's amazing. Um, just keeps me in this endless cycle of, of inspiration. <laughs> um, and, but yes to that truly because i think inspiration can you know just show up in any moment so um you know i've been following that radically for a long time but i'm really i'm really fascinated by and inspired by like what is true what is the nature of reality how do how does everything work here and it's kind of like this endless study to some degree it keeps as far as i can go it's, it keeps going and you know it seems as there's leaps and bounds more so that that eventually bleeds into just about everything so you know, if you saw my to-do list, it would, <laughs> it would be pretty revealing. <laughs> it sounds like you're inspired by uh, curiosity. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Endlessly curious. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And, um, and Jackie, crazy plant lady. I, I'm that plant lady as well. So pink shirts and crazy plant ladies who've got a lot I can see at least 10 in my field of view right here and it's it's not that big there's so. there's quite a lot yeah. plants are important it's important to be around nature and raise those vibrations absolutely um well that concludes our interview but for those of you who are online make sure you are hopping on into our Facebook group propeller momentum so we can chat about everything that's coming up for you um, and your insights that you've been having throughout this interview. I'd love to hear from you and support you the best way I can and um, just join our community. We're all about spreading love and just being there for each other and we want you to feel heard. So much love. We will see you tomorrow. <laughs>